You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. To help us spread the gospel of Jesus, give us a five-star rating. That'll help others find this podcast. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. You may be seated. You may be seated. This morning, I want to share with you a word I believe that will help us and will grow us. The title of the message this morning is Before you lash out in fear, look up in faith. Uh, I'm just going to ask you just to remain seated. You're fine while I read the scripture. I always use the King James Version, uh, really for no reason other than several years ago, a couple people preferred that and and I just went along with it, but I read other uh, translations. But this morning from the King James, and then I want to go back to the NIV, In Philippians chapter four, verse five and six, let your moderation be known unto all men. Somebody say moderation. Moderation. Then verse six says, excuse me, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Then verse six, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. So now in verse five, if you read from the NIV, it says, instead of moderation, it says, let your gentleness be made evident to all. The Lord is near. The Greek word translated as gentleness is epikes. It describes a temperament that is seasoned and mature. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, Does that describe your temperament? Oh, boy, that was painful, wasn't it? It envisions an attitude that is fitting to the occasion. Level-headed and tempered. You know, it's amazing how age will slip up on you. When I look in the mirror, I don't see a man that's 59, even though my hair's white. I don't know what happened to life, but I find that maybe I am getting older because I don't understand the language, the lingo that the younger generation uses. I'm kind of lost. The other day, a couple weeks ago, and I might have shared it last week, I don't know, because I'm getting old. But I invited this young man to come to church and he he shared with me, he said, well, when I go home, I'm going to talk to my wife. So the next day I seen him, he said, hey, I talked to my wife last night and she's down. And I said, she's down. What's wrong with her? He said, no, she's down, man. She's down. I said, is she going to make it? Is she all right? So on the flip side of that, when I use words like level-headed, maybe some of the younger generation don't know what I mean. So I need somebody with a big head. I mean a bucket head. Don't need no pencil head. Need a bucket head. Hey, Scotty, thanks for volunteering. I'll stand up here. Look at that. Now, there, there. God give you a head. He give you a head, didn't he, Scotty? Now, level-headed. Look right there. Look right there. That's not what I'm talking about. All right? I'm talking. Thank you, Scotty, for taking. Here, I'll give it to you. All right? All right. We're not talking is your head level as far as that shows. Are you, 
tempered? Are you level-headed? The opposite would be overreaction. So if you're not level-headed, let's do a survey. Let's do a poll. There's a lot of polls going on anymore. How many here, just be honest, and I'm not looking, all right? How many are hot-headed? <laughs> One thing about it, you don't lie, do you? Right? You're hot-headed. Well, maybe this message will help all of us, amen? The gentleness, when you are actually gentle and you're level-headed, it's evident to all the people that are around you. Family members take note. See what the Bible said, when you become born again, that you're a brand new creation. The old man dies and the new man comes alive. Friend, I'm saying it don't always happen overnight, but we need to work and strive toward that. And when we are gentle, our friends begin to see a difference. Coworkers benefit from it. The gentle person is so sober-minded and clear-thinking, they are contagiously calm. Am I describing you today? The contagiously calm person is the one who reminds others, listen, I know this is a difficult time, but let's not panic. God is still in control. Romans 8, 28 said, for all things work for the good for them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Stay calm. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you need to calm down. During this election, and I'm just gonna mention it very briefly, we just need to stay calm. Come Wednesday morning as a church, we just need to get up and we just need to pray for whoever God has put in the White House. We got two responsibilities this week. We need to pray. We need to pray, do you hear me? I said we need to pray, and then we just need to love each other, and we need to vote our minds, and go on and vote our heart, and let's love each other, and let's not be divided. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise this morning. These people, that are level-headed, they see the challenges. They acknowledge that it's a difficult time, whatever it may be in your life. Then you do something, you say, listen, now these are tough times, but we're gonna make it through. I think about in the earlier service, Joe and Stacy Adams with their little son when he was five or six, and was diagnosed with cancer. They had a choice. But I thank God they chose to say, listen, this is difficult times. Our family's gonna to stay together and they went through a lot of obstacles, but they didn't panic. They stayed calm and they said, listen, this is a challenge. It's a difficult time, but we are going to make it through. And a few months ago, he rang the bell, cancer free. Look back, told all the doctors and nurses, I'll see you later. Now it's behind him. Let me tell you something. God is still in control. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, we're going to make it. Listen to what the Bible said in Proverbs 17 and 22. A merry heart doeth good, like a medicine 
but a broken spirit drive the bones. A merry heart, stay positive in every situation. When you get knocked down, get back up. When they knock you down again, get back up. When the doctor said you can't live, it's not gonna work out, you just trust in God. When they say your family never coming back together again, just stay positive, stay in the word of God and say if God be for me, who can be against me? Church, give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Gentleness, how can we cultivate that? How can we keep our heads when everyone else seems to be losing theirs and going crazy? Again, it says, let your gentleness be evident to all. And then it says, the Lord is near. How can we keep our heads? Stay near to the Lord. Do not be anxious about anything. The Bible said, if we draw nigh to God, God will draw nigh to us. Can I tell you, can I encourage you, Jewel City, that you are not alone. I don't know, everyone in this room is going through different seasons in your life, different battles, many of you. You are not alone. I look back and I see a family that a year ago, their house caught on fire and it was burned down and they lost everything they had, but you were not alone. And God has restored some 30, 60, 100 fold because God is God and God is in control. And it doesn't matter what the enemy throws at us, at us. it doesn't matter what's going on in our life. If we'll not be anxious and we'll just trust in the Lord, God will work it out for his good, his glory, and ours, give him another hand clap and a shout of praise. The Lord is near. There's never a moment in your life where you are alone, never. I'm not speaking of, of just the, the election, I'm speaking every day of our life. God is in control, can someone say amen? God repeatedly pledges his presence to his people throughout the Bible. To Abraham, God said in Genesis 15, the second part of verse one, fear not Abraham, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great rewards. It seems to me in reading this, uh, perhaps uh, Abram uh, was uh, uh, fearing uh, 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 a, a, a revenge from the kings uh, that he had just defeated. God promised, uh, he said, I will defend you, Abram. Uh, he said, I am your shield. When you fear what lies ahead, uh, remember that God will still be with you through the difficult times and not only will he be your shield. He said, I'll bring you great rewards, uh, which is blessings. Uh, the Bible said, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You and I have got to stay focused and keep our eyes upon the Lord. Uh, he is our shield. Uh, he's our protector and he will bring you and I great blessings. If you've been blessed by God, if you've been protected by God, if you know that he's your shield, Give him a shout and a hand clap of praise in the house of God. Woo! To Hagar, God said in Genesis 12 or 21 verse 17, do not be afraid, God has heard. Hagar found herself in a situation. She had no water. She had a young child. The Bible said she laid the lad down and she went off a distance so she couldn't, wouldn't have to watch the child die. But I'm telling you, God sees, 
And God knows, do you hear me, Barb? God knows what's going on, what you shared with me this morning. God's still in charge. In verse 17, God heard the voice of the lad. And the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, what aileth thee? And Hagar, fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. And I underline that God knows exactly where you is this morning. God knows what's going on in your life. Do you hear me? God is in control. But the Bible says uh, that the angel said uh, that God has heard the cry of the lad. Quit moaning and groaning and crying about everything and take your cry and your petition to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is God Almighty, he's still on the throne. Jesus is at the right hand side of the Father interceding on our behalf. We gotta storm the gates of the throne of God and cry out to God and God will hear if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves, pray, repent of their sins, seek my face, I will hear their cry from heaven and I will heal their land. Let the redeemed of the Lord give God a glorious shout and a hand clap a praise this morning. Woo! Hagar, fear not. Hagar, fear not. God has heard. When Isaac was expelled from his land by the Philistines and forced to move from place to place, from place to place, God appeared to him and God reminded him something. In Genesis 26 and 24, and the Lord appeared unto him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee, and will bless thee, and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. The Lord God said, I am with thee. Fear not. One of the families this week has texted me probably 20 different times with serious matters, and I'd respond, God's got it. God is in control, and I have to preach myself happy occasionally when things are going on in our life. As we shared a few weeks back, when we wasn't sure about a biopsy, but one thing we were sure about, that he is God. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is our healer. We had to put our fears aside and it kept coming back, but we had to put them back where they need to be and we had to trust God. And Job said, even though he slain me, yet I will follow him. Even if we'd have got a bad report, we wasn't gonna back up, we wasn't gonna shut up, we was gonna trust uh, that God was gonna work it out. Uh, God will work it out. Has God worked anything out for anybody? Sometimes God's been so good to us and we walk ahead and we never go back and we thank him. Uh, like the lepers, uh, 10 was healed and only one went back. Uh, every day since we got the report of my wife's biopsy, every day uh, I've said, God, uh, I want to thank you one more time. Uh, God for touching my wife uh, and giving us a good report. We need to look back in our memory bank. We need to remember what God has done for us instead of sitting back like we're half asleep. We ought to realize when there wasn't no food on the table. Some of you ought to realize uh, when 
you didn't have running water as a child in the house. You didn't have what we have today. Somebody ought to just give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Said, God, you was with me then. God, you're with me now. God, you're going to be with me down the road. He's the same God. I don't know about you, but he's been with my family time and time again. He's worthy of my praise. When I look back and see what my grandparents went through, what my parents went through, brother, I am blessed because of all of their hard labor. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Woo! He said, I'll bless thee and multiply. I don't know about you, but I like multiplication better than I do addition. Huh? I like it. Multiply. I'm looking for multiplication, multiplied blessings upon our church. I hadn't heard from Pastor Darren Powell in some time. He texted me early this morning and he said, brother, you've been on my mind. He said, I've been praying and God has showed me you have all kind of vision left in you. His text said, I've been praying that God would unlock the blessings in your life, that would unlock the vision. God is not done with America. God is not done with me. God is not done with you and your children for the best is yet to come. It don't matter who's sitting at the White House. It only matters who's on the main seat and his name is God and he's in control and nothing has caught him off guard. You can sit there like a stump on the log if you want and let your blessings pass by but I'm standing in line. I'm saying God your word said you would multiply it to Abraham and, and Isaac uh, and what about me I'm in that lineage because of Jesus I've been born again I've been born again God I'm standing in line here I am God you bless me but I want you to bless me again I want you to bless my children for generation to generation a thousand generations have your hand upon my wife have your hand upon my children have your hand upon my health have your hand upon my finances. Have your hand upon our church. God, you are good. Bless us, God. We want to bless you. God, we want to bless you. And in return, you will bless us. Somebody, anybody, could you stand this morning and put your hands together and thank God for the blessings he's bestowed upon you and your family. Woo! Thank him for America. Thank him that we can carry a Bible. Thank him we can come to church. He's worthy of our praise. Woo! Oh, sit down, let me preach. God was with David. In spite of his adultery, God was with David. No matter what you've done, you have no excuse. God's still God. He's a God of forgiveness. God was with Jacob in spite of his conniving. God was with Elijah in spite of his lack of faith. God called himself Emmanuel, which means God with us. The Bible said, if God be for us, who can be against us? Maybe you feel like you're at the end of your rope. Maybe you've got anxious, just anxiety ripping you apart. I'll tell you, instead of lashing out in fear, just look up in faith. 
He's faithful, church. He's faithful. I walked through this place again yesterday. I said, God, you are faithful. Out there working, the Lord's pantry, the food giveaway yesterday. One of the other pastors from another church said, Pastor Robert, what are you guys doing now over there? I said, it's a senior development. I tell you, God has been faithful. Back during the recession for this ministry and even during a pandemic, why would I get nervous? Why would I get anxious? Why can't I look back and see the hand of God has been all over me and all over you? You're in the same boat. Listen to me, God, he became flesh. He became sin. He defeated the grave and he's still with us in the form of the Holy Spirit. Oh my goodness, that spirit of the living God comforts me. It teaches me and yes, it convicts me. If you ever get to the place where you want comforted and you want taught, but you don't want convicted, friend, you done missed it, do you hear me? We need a conviction of the Holy Ghost uh, to, to just run all over us. Uh, do not assume uh, in your situation that the God that we serve uh, is watching from a distance uh, because that's not true. Uh, if you'll draw nigh to God, God will draw nigh to you. I'm living testimony of it. Choose to be the kind of person that clutches the presence of God with both hands. In Psalms 118 and six, the Lord is on my side and I will not fear. I underline that again. Have me a little bit of spell in my office this week. The Lord is on my side. It don't matter if you like me. It don't matter if you're on my side. It don't matter if you agree with me. It don't matter what's going on. If the world is against me, it don't matter. And you, the Bible said, because I've humbled myself and I've acknowledged that I'm a sinner and he's the king of kings, now he's on my side. And the Bible said, if he's on my side, Cheryl, it don't matter who is against me. Do you understand? I wanna make that deposit in your spirit. It don't matter at the workplace if they don't like you. It don't matter if your neighbor don't agree with you. Only thing that matters if the Lord is on your side and I know goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life because the Lord is on my side. The Bible said no weapon formed against us shall prosper. I can't shrink back in fear. i just be honest uh, with the election. I've had some anxiety on me in the last few weeks uh, but in prayer time yesterday the Lord lifted that from me. The Lord laid in my spirit. It don't matter who Who's in that chair? It only matters who's in the main chair. His name is Jehovah God. He's a sovereign God. He's still in control and he still loves me. He's on my side. If he's on your side, put your hands together and give him a shout of praise this morning. Woo! Somebody say devil. The Lord is on my side. Somebody say it like you mean it. Devil, the Lord is on my side. Woo, I don't gotta be anxious about nothing. There's a great lesson from the miracle of the bread and the fish that speaks to the anxious heart. Jesus was teaching and he told his disciples, the day was running late in the day and he said, we gotta feed these people. Listen, he said, when Jesus then lifted up his eyes and he saw a great company came unto him, he saith unto Philip, whence 
shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he was about to do. When Jesus asked Philip where they could buy a great amount of bread, Philip started assessing the probable cost. You read that chapter, it talked about their money, how much they had. You see, we can limit what God does in us by assuming what is not possible. I shared earlier that housing development for seniors, and I want this church to know this. There's not been one penny from the offering plate, and nobody's questioned it, not one penny from the offering plate. And look what's being done over there. Six lots were sold. It didn't look like much over. It didn't look like five loaves of bread and two fish was much. But God will use what you have. And what we had didn't look like much, just a couple, six or seven acres of ground. But through the sale of that, God has multiplied and blessed. Do you hear me? Don't evaluate the cost. During the recession, when God laid in my spirit, it was time to move out here, and everybody was fearful, and my brother pulled in and said, do you know who Alan Greenspan is? Have you lost your mind? I didn't have a clue who Alan Greenspan, and didn't care. Some money guy. And I looked at my brother, I said, do you know who Jehovah Jireh is? He's our provider. When God tells you to move, you move. Don't assess what it's gonna cost. Because my God can pay for it. Give God a hand clap of praise this morning. I like for you to get this in your spirit, Matthew 19 and 26, but with God, all things are possible. All things, somebody say all things. When John described this gathering as a great multitude, he was very serious. Matthew, he said in 14 and 21, and they that had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. Jesus was willing to feed the entire crowd and Jesus is still willing to take care of you and I. We don't have to be fearful. The disciples, on the other hand, wanted to get rid of everyone. Send them packing, Lord. Matthew 14 and 15, and when it was evening, his disciples came to the Lord saying, this is a desert place and the time is now past. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy for themselves. I detect indecent anxiety, anxiety in their words. It was a tone of aggravation and a tone of frustration. But when you look at that, and you really look at that, what was they actually doing? They was telling the Lord what to do. Lord, send them away. See, what I've been doing, I've been telling the Lord who I thought needed to win the election. And that's why the anxiety was all over me. And yesterday in my prayer time, in my spirit, he spoke to me and said, why don't you just leave that up to me? So it don't matter who wins. Oh, the flesh side of me still got my opinion. But when I get up Wednesday morning, Mary, I'm gonna worship him and I'm gonna pray for whoever's in Washington. Stand with me this morning and I'll wind this down in the next hour. They was telling Christ really what to do. Why don't you be honest with yourself in your situation, in your prayer, when all hell showed up, can you be honest and say, actually now looking back, I was telling the Lord what to do. 
They had every reason to be unsettled when they look around and see 5,000 men plus women and children. Had every reason to be unsettled in their spirit, but they had every reason also to be settled in the presence of the Lord because by this time they had already experienced so many witnessing the miracles of the Lord. For example, they had already in Matthew 8 and 3 seen the lepers healed. Matthew 8 and 13 they witnessed God heal the centurion servant without even going to the servant's bedside. They'd witnessed that. They'd witnessed Peter's mother-in-law being healed in Matthew 8 and 15. They had witnessed in Matthew 8 and 26 a calm come across a violent sea. Matthew 9 and 6, they had witnessed the paralytic being healed. In Matthew 9 and 22, they'd witnessed God touch and heal a woman who had been sick, a woman who had been sick for 12 years. In Matthew 9 and 25, they had already witnessed God raise a girl from the dead. Mark 1 and 25, they'd witnessed the Lord drive out an evil spirit. In Mark 5 and 15, they witnessed a demon-possessed man healed and set free. In John 2 and 9, they had witnessed water turned into wine. Did any of the disciples hit pause long enough to say, Lord, do you have a solution for all of this? My question is, when you lash out, when you let fear overtake you, do you just stop and hit pause? Or do you just let it go? We just need to pause, Kenny, and say, Lord, what is your solution for all of this? Did it occur to anyone to ask him for help? In this text, the answer is simply no. How did Jesus maintain his composure? In John 6 and 8, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother saith unto him, there is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they? What are they amongst so many? And Jesus said, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in this place. So the men sit down in a number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and, to the, and the disciples to them that were set down and likewise of the fish as much as they would. Eat all you want to eat. When they were filled, he said unto the disciples, gather up the fragments that remain that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above unto them that they had eaten. And you know what's amazing? They'd all ate, they'd all had a meal. And you can look back in that chapter and not one dime was spent out of the account. God is not a God of enough, Barb. He's a God of more than enough. God is not just gonna take care of your situation or America's situation. God is gonna bless if we'll keep our eyes on the Lord and trust him. Can you one more time give God a hand clap of praise? There's a lesson here. Anxiety is needless because Jesus is near. I'll be honest, man, I've had anxiety before where I honestly thought I was having a heart attack several years back, I'm telling you. 
felt like an elephant. Has anyone been there where you just felt like somebody was ripping you apart? And the only place that I find peace, only place, is when I lay before the Lord and say, Lord, here I am. I just cry out like Hagar's little boy cried out. And every time, Doc, every time, every time he's heard my cry, Danielle, every time he's heard my cry. You and I aren't facing 5,000 people to feed. My mom used to get up at church. There'd be about 75, 80 people there at the end of the, excuse me, my dad would get up and he'd say, hey, after church, everybody's invited to our house. My mom would be like, oh. But you know what? She could put a meal together for 50, 60 people. Tara, my life, she could just feed everybody. She was just like that. You and I aren't facing the 5,000 crowd, but you and I are facing financial difficulties. Families are facing divorce, medical issues, loss of job. How do we provide Christmas is coming? How do we, how do we buy our kids gifts? There's all kinds of different things. Typically, typically you and I get anxious and we say, Lord, it's more than we can handle. But today, let's just rely on his strength. I want to share a little something with you real quick. Yesterday morning, I came up here and it was a tractor and trailer, the food bank, and the team from the Lord's Pantry, which we financially support every month, was here. I started coming to my office and I thought, no, I'm going to go over and just jump in and help them. I worked a couple hours with them and these people... Three of them go to this church, the majority of them from other churches. There was three men and they were veterans. And I could tell by the way they were teasing each other, they were from different branches. The one guy said, oh yeah, that's how you army boys act. And they just thought, you know. And I thought to myself, I'm standing there with these veterans from Vietnam, era, 70, 72 years old. Pastor Buzzy was one of them and he was sweating, he was breathing hard and I'd say, Pastor, take a break. No, 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 we got a lot of cars in line. And I thought to myself, John, over 50 years ago, they left everything they knew. They went around the world to fight that we could be free. And here 50 years later, they're still serving, serving. And you know what? The Lord laid in my spirit there, and I'm sure people had different political views, but there for that couple hours, there was no right, there was no left. They were Americans. They were Christians working together. So please, over the next couple days, I challenge you, don't lash out in fear, get off the internet. Let's get on our knees. And no matter what happens Wednesday or Tuesday evening, Wednesday morning or Thursday or Friday, whenever it's all over, let's not lash out. Let's be Americans, let's be Christians. And I'll share this and I shared it earlier. If you're gonna lash out, on the internet, don't tell them you go to Jewel City Church, okay? Don't tell them I'm your pastor, all right? Let's be unified. Let's not let the anxiety of not only the election, but everyday life. We got a lot to deal with, but we got a big, big God. Every head up and every eye open. I don't know your hearts today. I don't know your hearts at all. I know mine. I'm not gonna embarrass you, and there's nothing embarrassing about it. You don't have to feel nervous about accepting Christ in front of this crowd because this crowd is cheering you on. 
If you're here this morning and you have never prayed and acknowledged that you're a sinner and asked Christ to forgive you of your sin, then friend, you should be anxious. There should be some anxiety because you're playing Russian roulette with your soul. But today, by the grace of God, through the blood that was shed on Calvary, you can have your name written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. God can, Bible said that God will not only forgive us of our sins, but he will cast it into a sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered again. Is that not amazing? People in this town still remember my past, but it don't matter because I'm on the Lord's side. Every head up, every eye open. If you're here today, I won't come to you, but I'm asking you to hold your hand high. And say, Pastor, today, right here, I want to ask Christ into my life. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? I want to tell you, I know this is different. Usually, I ask people to bow their heads. But if you're here today, you like to give your life to Christ, slip your hand up real high. All right. I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Almost. It wouldn't matter if I missed it because the Lord would see it. Is there somebody else? Be honest with yourself. I remember that night sitting in church and the pastor said, if death was to knock on your door, would heaven be your home? And it scared the hell out of me right there. Literally, physically, whatever. I'm in trouble already, I said that. I made up my mind. I've not been perfect since, but I know I've been saved. Amen. Anybody else? Then that one to raise your hand, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Mean it with your heart. Not just your head knowledge, your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, today I give my life to you. Today I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of all of my sins. God, I repent of my sins, turning from my ways to follow you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, and amen. Church, can we welcome them to the family of God? When you raise your hand, I please, I ask you to go to the information desk. I'd like to have your name. Maybe one of the pastors will be able to catch you and speak with you. I'd like to be able to call and have prayer with you. Before we close, is there anybody, Christians, be honest, say, Pastor, I've been anxious. Pastor, I've had some anxiety. Lift your hands high. Jen, good to see you back. Good to see you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord carry you. May the Lord lift that from you. Father, we come to you, God, as needy people with our hands up, just being honest, God. You already knew. We're saying, God, we need your presence. We need not to lash out, God. We need to look up in faith and be able to trust that, God, you'll be with us. In Jesus' name, and amen. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. 